We cannot live this life without you. We have tried and we have failed time and time again. God, we need you. We need you. And so we cast all our cares upon you for you care for us. Father, we don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Father, we call on the name of Jesus this morning. For if we call on the name of Jesus, we will be saved. Because you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so, Father, we turn our eyes upward and sing with the angels, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. So, God, as we open your word, would you, would you open our hearts? Holy Spirit, show us how we should live from your scriptures. Convict us of sin this morning. Convict us to make a change in our lives that we can be disciples of Jesus Christ and that we can make more disciples. Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Are you, uh, are you ever overwhelmed with the grace of Jesus? Are you ever overwhelmed with the reality that God loves you? The, the truth is, uh, we, we can be honest with each other, right, this morning? One of us can be honest, all right? We're not very lovable. I'm not very lovable. Does God ever sometimes just get a hold of your heart and make you realize how awesome it is that we know Jesus? And, and go a step farther than that, not that we know Jesus, but just the reality that, you know, we celebrate at Christmas the birth of Jesus. But he didn't just come to live, as Ben said. His whole purpose in coming and living was ultimately so that he could do what? Die. And he did that, why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. And, and so I'm going to ask you again, do you ever get overwhelmed with God's grace? Do you ever get overwhelmed with God's love? It's the good news, isn't it? How many of you love to get good news? Okay. How many of you uh, hate when someone asks you the question, I've got good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? I just punch them and say, good news, all right? Like who, okay, we're going to take a real quick poll. How many of you choose bad news first? Okay. Look around, look, keep your hand up because there's got to be some reason. Anyways, how many of you choose the good news first? All right, how many of you say, don't give me any bad news, period, all right? So I guess that wasn't really one of the options. Good news. Now, uh, in, our, in our culture today, it's uh, like really interesting to watch Facebook and see all of the, uh, 
You guys know what I'm talking about when I say the gender reveals? You guys know what the gender reveals are, all right? So you find out if you're having a girl or a boy, or, or all the creative ways that people announce the birth of their child now. Um, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm that old. Man, just laughing at me. If you ever want to be humble, just come stand up here and talk, okay? But when, when, when we found out that our kids, we found out that we were going to have a baby, you know, uh, there was, this is going to blow y'all's mind over here, there was no Facebook, no Snapchat, half of them don't know what Snapchat is, we'll just keep it a secret, uh, Instagram, there was none of that. I didn't even own a cell phone like they hadn't been made yet. Mine's blown, right? Well, I, they had them, but they were like this big. How many of you had like the bad car phone? Anybody have a bad car phone? All right. And announced, you know, we had, we had planned that we were going to, we found out we were going to have a baby in, in around Thanksgiving, and we had planned that we were going to uh, wait till Christmas and make some, you know, I was going to make a video that would have probably taken about 10 weeks to make, you know, splicing this VHS with that VHS. Do you guys know what VHS is? Okay, probably your little kid shows when you were one of your little watch them. And, and we waited about two days, and then we just called and told our parents. But what, what the kids sang about today, that was an awesome birth announcement, wasn't it? Like, that's not going to be taught, Okay. The angels did not come in the heavens and announce my brother's birth. They did come announce mine, but they did not announce my brother's. Not really. I mean, the angels announced the birth of Jesus. Now, now, do you think that you would think when you when you think about this story of of, of Jesus and he was born, and of course it doesn't make any sense because he's born in this small little town where no one would really know about, other than the fact that, you know, several hundred years prior, the Old Testament prophets said he was going to be born in that city. But besides that, there's no real reason to be in Bethlehem, right? And, and then they're in the manger, right? And there's not even any room for them in the end. And like, this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. And it just seems to me that there could be a better way to bring him into the world than in the manger, right? And then when you think of the angels announcing it, 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 at least in my mind, and I think especially in our culture, when, when our culture is, look at me, look at, look, look at me, right, the best way I can announce, mainly just so people will know how good I am and that I'm having a kid or whatever, right? And how did, and who did receive the announcement? The shepherds. And the shepherds, you know, we, we, they all look great on the, at the manger scene, right? In the nativity scene, the shepherds there, and they got their little their, uh, staff, and they look so good, and they've got the sheep, and it makes for uh, like a pretty picture, right? And we've just kind of, uh, as kids, we've grown up seeing that, and it just kind of gives you the warm fuzzies, right? But shepherds really weren't known to be good people. In fact, in this culture, in this context, the shepherds were not even allowed to be a witness in a trial because nobody would believe their testimony. 
Because they were known to be thieves and liars and the outcasts, the uneducated, the less thans. And yet, the angels came to the shepherds. The lowly, the outcasts, the less thans, and gave the birth announcement. We've, this is the third week in the series, and in the first week Dave talked about uh, Mary, and what the challenge was that Mary, you know, she had to surrender her plans for God's plans, and she had to be willing to surrender what, what her thought of life was going to be like. This is, uh, you know, this is how I'm going to get married, and I'm sure she had it all figured out, exactly what was going to happen, and how the decorations were going to go, and, and, you know, I was really concerned with that too when I was younger. And she was just so planned and meticulous about what her wedding was going to be like. And, and she didn't get to have that, did she? And, and you remember what she said there in the text that Dave read for us in Matthew? Excuse me, Luke 1, verse 38. Remember the angel gives her the announcement. Well, how can I have a child? I... I don't even, I've never been with a guy. How is this possible? And then the angel said, you know, with all things God are possible. And, and on the screen here, Luke one thirty eight, it says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And in that statement, she says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Similar to what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was about to be crucified. Remember he prayed and said, Lord, if there's any other way to save mankind and to bring mankind back into fellowship with you, God the Father, if there's any other way, let's make that happen. And he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Dave really challenged us to surrender our plans and our will and our goals and our future and surrender them to God. Last week we talked about Joseph, and Joseph, again, he had his own plans. Remember he found out that this lady that he was engaged to, and legally they were married, but they really weren't supposed to be together yet, and he founds, finds out that she's having a baby. Of course, I'm sure she tried to explain it to him. The angel of the Lord said, and Joseph's like, yeah, Mary, sure he did. And, and he's trying to make the decision, and, and it seems to me from the context that he did not believe the story. He didn't really believe that Mary um, had been faithful to him. Because his, so he had made up his mind. He found out that she's pregnant. I don't think he believes the story that she tells him. And he has a plan. Matthew 1, verse 19. He says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he's a good guy. He loves the Lord. A man of integrity, a man of character. And he makes a plan, and his plan is, let's read again on the screen, verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph had a plan. Remember we talked about this last week, he really had three options. One was to put her away privately, or to divorce her privately, is the decision he's made, because he, he loves Mary, he doesn't believe Mary, but he loves Mary, and he doesn't want her to be publicly humiliated, and so he decides, I'm going to divorce her, but quietly, let her go live her life, I'm going to start my new life, and I'm going to make some new plans. 
His other option was that he could divorce her publicly. It says here that being a just man or a kind man, that he wanted not to choose that option. That option was to take her to the gates of the city, publicly divorce her, and then they would put her on trial and could kill her right there in front of everyone to make her, what this is referencing here, the public example. This is what we do to young women who are not faithful to the person they're engaged to. So he had his plans. But look at verse number 20. God has different plans. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Mary is telling you the truth. And just like Mary, you and I have decisions to make. Just like Mary, we must make the decision. And, and I would say probably daily we have to make this decision. That I'm going to surrender my life and my plans and my goals and my schedule for the day to God's plans and His schedule. And just like Joseph, we're going to be faced with the reality that sometimes God is going to ask us something that's going to be difficult to do. Are we going to obey the Lord? This morning as we look at the the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, I want to think again for a moment, one statement about Joseph that I think applies to us in our life because the the reality is that God, God wants to do something in your life. Do you realize that? God wants to offer you forgiveness and God has a purpose and a plan. And just like He had a purpose and a plan for Mary, and Joseph, God has a plan for every person in this room, and, and God has a mission for you, and God has purpose and value in you. But we have to surrender, and we have to be obedient. See, extraordinary acts of God start with ordinary acts of obedience. But let me say that again. Extraordinary acts of God start with ordinary acts of obedience. Joseph took the step of obedience and I don't think he ever regretted it. He had a front row seat to raise Jesus, the Messiah. Luke chapter 2. Let's read the Christmas story, and then we're going to make some quick uh, points there on your outline this morning. So Luke chapter number 2, starting in verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This sentence first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He was there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Verse number 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. Let's continue reading. Verse 16. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the, the saying which was told him concerning his child. And all those who heard it marveled at these sayings which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these sayings and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen that was told them. I want to think about these shepherds. Again, we've talked a little bit about them, but the shepherds were not known to be men of character. It seems to me that if someone was going to make this great announcement of the birth of Jesus the Messiah, that it would not be made first to the shepherds. They're not the people that normally you would have told this great news. But, but let's walk through this story and let's look at some examples that I think that the shepherds give us in this story. Number one, so if you've got your bulletin, I encourage you to grab your bulletin, take some notes Follow along with us, the first one. Number one, they received the announcement. They received the announcement. Luke 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, Really, this morning, even in our worship service, you've, you've received a message. If you were listening, you received a message, and the message was this, that Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin debt. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas, the fact that Jesus came to be born so he could die. It's interesting... Uh, in this text, it says in verse number 11, the city of David, a Savior, who's Christ the Lord. So look, look on your outline there. It's got three things that I want you to look at. It's on the screen as well. And I want you to think if, if you, look, we're going to let you think a little bit this morning, all right? Let's think, if you can uh, remember a verse of Scripture, more specifically I'll give you um, a hint that Jesus spoke these very words. It says, the direction pointed to the way. The direction pointed to the truth. The direction pointed to the life. Jesus spoke those words. Do you remember what he said in John chapter 14, verse 6? I am the what? The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. The announcement that they, the shepherds were given is pretty simple, isn't it? How do I get back to God? How do I have a restored relationship with God? Because the reality is, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And God says because of our sin, we deserve punishment. That punishment is death, which means separation from God for all eternity. And yet, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting what? Life. Jesus didn't just come to give you life, but he came to give you abundant life and eternal 
life. And Jesus said, the announcement to these shepherds is the same announcement to you this morning. The only way to God is through Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. Number two, they reacted to the announcement. They reacted to this announcement. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. Before we read that, um, did, the sh- did the angels, they came and they announced what was going to happen. They gave the message. The shepherds received the message. Number two here is that they reacted to the message. Did, did the angels force the shepherds to go see Jesus? Yes or no? No. Similar, we've all in the room this morning received the message. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to God, no one gets to heaven except through Jesus. It's not going to be about church attendance. It's not going to be about how much you gave or didn't give. It's not going to be about uh, whether you're a Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Catholic or you fill in the others, right? It's not about that. He's going to say, why should I let you into heaven is, did you come the right way? And the only way to God, Jesus stated, was He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's the message. The angels were not forced. They did not force the shepherds to react to the message, did they? Can I force you to react to this message? Can anyone force you to react to the message? Does God force you to react to His message? No. You've got to make a decision. Uh, Look here, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. So they gave the message and they left. The decision was up to the shepherds. Are we going to to receive it? Okay, we've heard it, but are we going to react to it? Is this going to have any influence on our decisions? So verse 15, again, it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. Let's pause for a minute there. Let let us now go to Bethlehem. But the phrase before that says, the shepherds said to one another. Do you think they had a discussion? Do you think there was any of the shepherds in the group, and we don't know how many there were, do you think there were any shepherds in the group that said, "Uh, I don't believe it? How many of you think there were some shepherds that didn't believe? How many of you think an argument ensued? Right? Because there's always one in every group, right? There's always one in every group. I hope you're not that one. Okay? It's kind of like they say, you know, we're about to get around a lot of family, and there's always the crazy person in the family. You guys know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? Well, that was a lot weaker than I thought it was going to be. And, and this, may, this may be the reason what I was going to follow up with, is, is if you don't know that there's a crazy person in your family, you are that crazy person. So I'm going to ask the question again. We may, get, we may get a different response. You guys know what I'm talking about, that crazy person in the family? Yeah. All right. I, you guys are, if nothing else, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even going to say. But they made a decision. We're going to react to this message. Verse 16, it, it kind of reminds me of what we looked at last week. Because remember, we, we just looked at it again this morning in verse 19. Joseph had a plan. I'm going to put her away privately. God God gave him a different plan 
And in the very next verse, what does Joseph do? He obeys God's plan. Immediately he went and he got Mary and brought her to his house to be his wife. Verse 16, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Here's what I want to challenge you with this morning. If, If God has given you a message... For some of you in here this morning, it's the message you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You've never come to God through Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning in the words of verse 16, make haste today and come to Jesus. Surrender your life to Him. But there's some of us in the room that God has been, I know, God has been working on you and trying to convince you of something and trying to convict you of something for a week or two weeks and some of you are really stubborn and like a month and a year, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the same challenge. Joseph immediately changed his plans for God's plans. The shepherds immediately went to see Jesus. They reacted. It reminds me in, in Acts chapter 17, Paul was in Athens, he was standing on Mars Hill, and he was speaking to all the philosophers. Basically gives them the gospel message. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father, no one can get into heaven except through Jesus. You must confess your sins, you must repent, you must turn from your sins, and turn from your selfishness, and turn from your own ideas, and turn to God, because Jesus is the only way to God. And in Acts 17, after Paul, one of, the, one of, if not the greatest missionary, gives the message, and let's look at how those philosophers reacted. Acts 17, verse 32 says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Some did not believe. While others said, we will hear you get on this matter, and I've I got to hear more. Not ready to make a decision yet. So Paul departed from among them, verse 34. However, some men joined him and believed. I'm convinced that probably this morning, there's some of you, they're going to fall into one of these three categories. I I don't believe that. It's not for me. Surely God doesn't want me to do that. It's going to cost a lot to change my plans for His. But I'm hoping that some of you this morning will believe. And some of you this morning will surrender. Some of you this morning will obey. Number three. They received the announcement. They reacted to the announcement. Number three, they relayed the announcement to others. Luke 2, verse 17 and 18. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled those things which were told them by the shepherds. So just, just think of the irony in this story. The shepherds who were not legally fit to be a witness are the very first witness of Jesus. Doesn't that just sound like something Jesus would do? Let's go back to what we started with this morning. 
Do you ever feel overwhelmed with God's grace in your life? Do you ever feel overwhelmed that God actually loves you? I, I, I think probably when we when were singing this morning, it just hit me like, just kind of overwhelmed me. How unworthy that I am to know Jesus. How unworthy I am that Jesus hung on the cross. He, he took my place. D- does that overwhelm you? Yes or no? Do you ever, are you ever guilty of it not overwhelming you? That, that's me a lot of times. You know, for all the, the kids, we have family worshiping our kids. I, I want to tell you, you know, uh, a lot of you guys know I have a, I have a twin brother. And uh, depending on which of us you ask, one of us was the good twin and one of us was the evil twin. Okay, you know, are you following with me? Um, how many of you believe that my brother was the evil twin? I was the good twin. Raise your hand. I got only kids on my side. All right. Thank you. Okay, I'm not, forget, I'm going to use a different illustration. You guys, you guys don't like me. It's just over. Okay, so in, in, the, in the fact that we're in church and the fact that my mom and dad are in the room, I will admit, I can't say it. I was not as good of twin as the other. <laughs> I may have been known as the, the evil twin. And, and you know what? My brother, supposedly the good twin. Kids, you know what he never did for me? He never took my punishment. Like when I got in trouble and got sent up to the room, and mom said, wait till dad gets home. How many of you ever heard that? Kids, you guys ever heard that? I know you adults have heard it. I thought my life was over. And I hid all the hard belts. My dad would come up and like, is this the only belt? Yeah, you guys need to buy some new ones. Not once did my brother, the good twin, ever say, Dad... I'll take his punishment. And you already know I didn't offer it either, right? But that's what Jesus did for us. And, and the punishment that he took for us was way worse than me bending over and touching my toes, if you know what I mean. And the shepherds as soon as they saw Jesus, as soon as they realized this person is the way, the truth, and the life. They they didn't stop by Bible college. They didn't go to Sunday school for three years. What did they immediately start doing? Telling people. We met the Savior of the world. 
How about you? This baby Jesus humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death on the cross, took your punishment. And the shepherds immediately made widely known. Do you see that in verse 17 on the screen? They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What was told them concerning this child? That he was the way, the truth, and life. He was the answer. He was the Messiah. He was Christ. He was the one that we we're looking for. He is our Redeemer, our Savior. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. That's the message they gave. It's the same message that you've heard. It's the same message that many of you in this room have received. But I'm convinced, and even in my own life, that this point number three, the message, they related, they went and told, and they made widely known what was told them. That, that we don't do that. Now, I heard an awesome story this morning, one, one of our members uh, this week. Uh, they couldn't make it up here yesterday morning for our, uh, we went door to door and invited some, some people in our neighborhood to uh, join us for worship, and they couldn't make it. But instead, what they did was they had like 26 Christmas cards that they were smart enough to purchase last year on sale, right? And they went to their neighborhood, had an invite card inside of that Christmas card, and went to every 26 of their different neighbors and invited them to church. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And then I was like, oh. I didn't do that yet. Again, do you ever get overwhelmed with God's grace in your life? And, and I think that often, maybe more times than not, we're not overwhelmed. And I think because we're not overwhelmed, we don't make widely known that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Number four, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. And the shepherds returned, verse 20, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. you know every single morning when you get up, you have an opportunity to worship? Are you thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful that you know about Jesus? And are you concerned that so many people don't? Four questions on your outline. Have you received the announcement? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus? You've received the message because we gave it to you about ten times this morning. So the next question have you reacted to the announcement? Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? God's not going to force himself on you. I can't force him on you. 
Your parents can't force him on you. You have to make a decision. Am I going to surrender my life to him? Number three, are you relaying the announcement? Are you telling people about how awesome Jesus is? Number four, are you rejoicing? It seems to me that number four, we're pretty good at. Don't you love coming in here together as a church family and just worshiping God together? Don't you just sense that God is here when we join our voices together in worship? I love being in here and worshiping. But you know what kind of bothers me every Sunday morning when I'm in here? Is that we have a room for a lot more people. And as much as we, we enjoy worshiping together as a family, doesn't it seem to make sense that we would want more people to experience that? To tell them Jesus loves them, and you should come hear about him. You should come rejoice that you know Jesus. Does it, look around for a moment this morning. Those of you who are normal, well, you're not normal, but those of you who are regular attenders. There's a lot of empty seats, isn't there? I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that if I would rejoice in my salvation more, what naturally is going to happen in my life is I'm going to tell people about him. The, the truth is, more times than not, and, and I would say probably for you as well, we're not overwhelmed with his grace. We're not overwhelmed that he humbled himself, took on human flesh, lived a sinless, perfect life, and unlike my twin brother, took my punishment. Could we let that overwhelm us? It, it will change us. Would you close your eyes for a moment this morning? We're going to continue in worship. If you're, if you're new here this morning, we're going to take a few minutes to let you reflect and, and then also let you respond. We're going to use this time as a time of worship. We're going to stand in a moment and we're going to sing. But before we do that, I, I, I want to let you respond right where you're at. So let's think for a moment about these four questions. Have you received the announcement? Yes, you have. Have you reacted to the announcement? I would ask anyone this morning, as their eyes are closed, would someone say, John, you know, the truth is, I've heard the message, I've heard the announcement, I know Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and that I can't get to God unless I give my life to Him, unless I confess my sins and turn my life over to Him, but I've never done that. If that's you this morning, I want to ask you real quickly, as your eyes are closed, would you just put your hand up for a moment? Just put your hand up, and I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. Just put your hand up. 
just leave it up for a moment as I look at our Torah. Several hands are raised, but I, I just want us to spot you and to pray for you. Anyone like that this morning? Thank you. Anyone else? Just leave it up for a moment. And here's what I want you to do in a moment. Thank you. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to worship. And there's going to be uh, people here at the front of the auditorium. And they're going to be facing you. And if you'd like to make that decision this morning to give your life to Christ, then I'm going to ask you in a moment we stand to come forward. There'll be ladies here. There'll be men here. Shake their hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And they'll explain to you how to do that. You can put your hands down. rest of us in here this morning. Has God convicted you that like the shepherds, you're not making widely known the name of Jesus? Who would raise their hand this morning and say, that's me. I, God is challenging me right now that I need to be a better witness. Just put your hand up for a moment. If that's you, put your hand up. All, a lot of us, just all over the auditorium. I'm going to challenge you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to challenge you as well. In a moment, we're going to stand, and I'm going to encourage you and challenge you. Come down here this morning and just see God. If you want to pray by yourself, you're welcome. Just come forward and kneel and pray. If you'd like one of us to pray with you, we'd be glad to do that. See God this morning. Be overwhelmed with His grace and His love towards you. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the blessing, the privilege it is to worship and to know you and to have this, the, the knowledge of salvation. Lord, we want to we continue in worship, but Lord, we want to be challenged this morning. Lord, I, I pray for those in here this morning that have not given their life to you, that they would take that step this morning and they would walk forward. They would give their life to you love you, and Lord, we want to be overwhelmed with your grace and your love and your mercy. Would you stand with me this morning as Ben leads us in worship? Let's just sing as a family to the Lord, and if God has spoken to you, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to make your way here this morning as we sing today.